Well, this is going to be our ninth and final sermon in uh, the hospitality series we've been doing. Next day, we're going to celebrate Christ the King, and the Sunday after that is the beginning of Advent. This week, I'm going to finish our series, though, by focusing on a verse in our New Testament reading in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, where Peter wrote this, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling <laughs> or complaining. I want to focus on that and, and ask eventually, how do we do that? Especially that last part, without grumbling. Peter starts this passage by saying that the end of all things is near. So don't think the annihilation, the absolute end of all things. Think more the goal, the end goal, the purpose of all things. When, when God makes all things right and new. And don't just think chronologically, uh, think spatially as in not far away, close at hand, just behind the veil, breaking in even at times through the veil. Therefore, Peter says, be alert of sober mind. Think clearly, reasonably about this so that you can pray, he says. So you can pray the most reasonable thing to pray. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. May it be here, Father, with us like it is there where you are. We want some of that newness here to break in to our side of things. Yes, Father, it's near. May it be more near. Above all, Peter wrote, love each other deeply because he says love covers a multitude of sins. That's what God's love does for us. God's love covers all our sins. That's the love we're to receive from him and to give to one another. The love of God that covers all our sins and that offers hospitality to one another without grumbling. So if you notice in this part of what Peter's talking about, this isn't the calling of a special few. He doesn't say, you know, you who are gifted in love and hospitality, you do this thing. No, this is a general call to all Christians to do. That's the call of love and that's the call of hospitality in the New Testament. He then goes on to show the different ways that can be played out in the community of faith. He just gives two examples where Paul and other places gives a whole bunch. But for some that might be expressed by offering the people of God, the word of God. For others that might be expressed through Deeds of service, he says, offering food, clothing, shelter, a listening ear, attentive eyes. There are a variety of ways that we love one another and show hospitality to one another to the glory of God. And one way is with grumbling, and the other way is without. And without is hard. <laughs> Because the way is hard. The way of Christ is hard. I've said before that at the center of the kingdom, at the center of the life of Christ, at the center of hospitality and the Christian life, 
is a table. And also this morning we can say a cross. Jesus said in our gospel reading, whoever wants to be my disciple, that is whoever wants to follow me and go on the way that I am going, they must deny themselves and take up their cross and then follow me. And this is going to be true no matter what you are or what your vocation is. In our sexuality through the the lens of scripture class, we've been talking about how both monogamous marriage and celibate singleness, both can be God-honoring paths to human flourishing. But both have a cross in it. Both require us to deny ourselves in different ways. To offer the radical welcome of Jesus means at times we're going to have to say no to ourselves and to our desires and to our comforts. We do this not because we are worthless. Otherwise, a sacrifice wouldn't mean anything. The sacrifice of our lives. We say no to our desires in order just to say yes to God and his desires. In order in certain circumstances to say yes to somebody else's needs, what they're lacking. So we say no to what we want to say for a time in order to let somebody else be heard. We say no to what we're hungering and thirsty for in order to satisfy somebody else's hunger and thirst. I think it's important to realize this doesn't mean we're supposed to sacrifice all the time 24-7. That's not obedience. It's better to obey, the scriptures say, than to sacrifice. Sometimes obedience means sacrificial giving. At other times, obedience means receiving, receiving a gift from God or from somebody else. There's a time, I guess we said before, to open the door of hospitality and there's a time to close the door. And following Jesus on his way is learning about when we do one or the other and how we do one or the other as we're going along. And sometimes that sacrificial giving can hurt, is painful, and it makes us want to complain and grumble. It hurts so much, especially if you're tired, especially if your efforts are being frustrated, or if the person you're giving to isn't really grateful, or just annoying, or spiteful, or mean, or maybe they call your hospitality toxic. That's hard. That's hard not to grumble about and complain about. And I'm not talking about appropriate lament here, which is honest expression of your pain, your struggle, your confusion to God in prayer. Anna Banks shared an article in our foundations class recently that distinguished lament from complaining. And it defined complaint as an accusation against God that maligns his character, where lament, or sorry, lament is an appeal to God based on confidence in his character. It's like in the Psalms, I know God you are like this, I know your promises say this, but that doesn't seem to match this here in my life, 
or in the life of this person I know. Why is that, Lord? The Psalms are full of that. That's important for us to know about, to pray through, to have as a resource in our life with God in the world. Both complaint and lament are responses to hard things. But complaint lacks prayer, where lament is prayer. Complaint puts distance between us and God, where lament actually draws us closer in the long run. Complaint also puts a distance between us and others, and especially our guests. So going back to last week, complaining can turn our guests into just a burden. When you're so annoyed and irritated that you have to love and serve this person, when that happens, yeah, you're no longer hospitable. And the person on the receiving end of this grumbling hospitality would rather be somewhere else. Our Proverbs reading, Proverbs 15, 17, speaks to this. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Maybe the vegetarians amongst us would say, yeah, of course. <laughs> I was trying to say that for a long time. I'm looking at Connor because I know he's a <laughs> vegetarian. The atmosphere and disposition of the person is more important than the menu. I think is what's being said there. Thoreau wrote about this in his book, Walden. While I don't agree with his transcendentalism, I resonate with, I resonate with what he says about hospitality here. It's a, it's a longer quote, but it's worth listening to. I sat at a table where rich food and wine were in abundance, and there was great attendance but it was lacking sincerity and truth. I went away hungry from the inhospitable horde or board. The hospitality was as cold as the ice. I thought that there was no need of ice to freeze them. They talked to me of the age of the wine and the fame of the vintage, but I thought of an older, a newer, and purer wine of a more glorious vintage which they had not got and could not buy. The style, the house and grounds and entertainment passed for nothing with me. I called on the king, but he made me wait in his hall and conducted like a man incapacitated for, in, for hospitality. There was a man in my neighborhood who lived in a hollow tree. His manners were truly regal. I should have done better had I called on him. better, a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred or arrogance. Again, the atmosphere and the disposition of the, of the guest or the host is more important than the menu, even though the menu is important. I love good food. I'm <laughs> downplaying good food. But someone could go to great lengths to prepare a great feast but then they could resent the fact that they had to do this and for this guest. And you know, if that's true, it's not gonna be a good time. You're gonna wish you were somewhere else. Conversely, someone could ask you 
or offer you a simple glass of water, because maybe that's all they have. But with that glass of water, they offer you their time, their attention, their delight in you. And you receive that and you think, wow, this is the best glass of water ever. <laughs> when someone offers you a glass of water like that. So how do we do that? How do we offer this kind of hospitality without grumbling? How do we make this both our, our posture and our practice? That's what hospitality is. It's both of those things. And, and not just in spurts, but consistently over time for the long haul. So we don't just want to be grumpy sprinters. We want to be long, happy, distance, long, happy, long distance runners in this. So I'm going to only be able to respond to this in a very little way. The important thing is to keep asking this question. How can we offer hospitality to one another without grumbling? Well, I think for one, keep Proverbs 15, 17 in mind. Better a small serving of vegetables, a little, a little serving, than a fattened calf with hatred. That is, keep things simple enough so that you can keep it about love. When things get too fancy sometimes and too complicated, and you notice your hospitality is turning into a, a grumbling hospitality, you need to stop and ask a few questions. Is this really about this person serving this person? Or is this more about impressing them? And in the end, you're not impressing them, if that's what happens. I think the thing to ask yourself, and this depends on who you are, how can I keep things simple enough to keep this about love for this person who's before me? Simple enough, both in the practicalities of what I'm doing and in my motives. It's not always easy to figure out. So maybe instead of a full-blown meal that you're thinking of, maybe just have dessert. Maybe just have coffee. Maybe just a nice glass of delicious water. And again, I think we have to recognize everybody's bandwidth is different depending on your personality, what's going on in your life, the time of the week, the time of the day. And so there's some people who can throw a feast all the time for people in any circumstances. But that's not true for most of us. So the key is to know our own limits and not be ashamed about that. But to keep things simple enough for you that you can keep it about love and making much about God in all of this, in his welcome. As Peter wrote, each of you should use whatever gift you've, been rece you've received, again, not to impress each other, but to actually serve one another, he says. And do it as faithful stewards of God's grace in, the various, in its various forms. I love how the, the message puts this last part. Be generous with whatever God has given you, passing it around so all get in on it. So thinking of the unique gifts you've been given by God, when you bring that to the table, you're offering that for all to enjoy. Thinking of your giftings like that. And so he goes on, if anyone speaks, well, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. And that, that keeps me from grumbling. Um, when I'm preparing, 
I'm offering a sermon, or I'm just reading the scriptures to people, I'm offering this portion of the meal, the portion that Mary was enjoying, Jesus says, was the good part. I get to play a part in offering that portion at the table. That's a joy, that's an honor, that keeps me from grumbling about it. Peter goes on though, he says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So this is, this serving includes what Martha was doing with her hands of hospitality. It includes what Mary was doing with her ears of hospitality, the first hospitality. This includes anything we do that actually serves and blesses somebody, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the world, in our careers, our vocations. And if we do these things with the strength God provides, that's gonna keep us from grumbling, especially if we remember the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we make to, need to make sure that we are on a regular basis turning to him to receive this joyful strength that he is ready and willing to give us, that Jesus died to give us. We need to have rhythms of grace in our life, rhythms of Sabbath where we stop to turn to the Lord to receive this joyful strength he gives us through the scriptures, through the living waters of the Holy Spirit, through these mornings when we sit together in our neighborhood groups, in our triads, in spiritual friendship and spiritual direction. And the more we do that, the more we're gonna be able to say and discover with David what he discovered in our Psalm the end. You make known to me the paths of life, the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That path of life is the way of Christ in the New Testament, which has a cross on it. His way is not about self-preservation. That's the way we shrink and lose our life, Jesus says. His way is about self-denying at times, self-giving, which is a way to expand and find our life, Jesus says. It's a way to find your life, which eventually ends up in resurrection life, this path is the way of God. And so puts us in the presence of God where there is fullness of joy, which is our strength, which is gonna keep us from grumbling more than anything else as we offer hospitality to one another to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these Sundays that we could give to thinking about, hearing about 
hospitality, your hospitality most of all, that you call us to. Help us first and foremost to see your hospitality, to receive it, and in that beholding, to become what we're receiving, to offer what we've received. Help us know how to continue to do this without grumbling. And more than that, with the joy that is in your presence, with the pleasure that is at your right hand, and even as we walk the way that has a cross. Help us. In Jesus, help us. Amen.